This is the First and 30 Podcast, the podcast that gives you the cliff notes of all the NFL news and notes without all the bullshit. Today is Wednesday, December 15th, 2021, and I'm joined on the line, as always, by Keith and Drew. Man, it was a chalk weekend, as Keith mentioned prior to getting on here, and Drew, you fucking went crazy this weekend on your picks, uh, going 13-1. and one. How the hell are you feeling tonight, man? Um... I feel like I got kicked in the nuts on the last game there and to make it 14 now because it's just... Almost had it. Yeah, you know, it's like the Patriots in 2007. It, it's great, it feels good, but at the end of it, it's just a kick in the nuts because you know you're just one game away from making it perfect. Yeah, I mean, that was... I was rooting so hard for the Cardinals on Monday night just because I wanted to see, like, I mean, I've never seen anybody get a perfect on anything with Pick'em. I mean, it's so hard, and just to, to be that close, I was definitely rooting, rooting Cardinals all night. But 13-1 and one got you right back into things with the season-long picks. Uh, you're, like, one game behind Keith. And, Keith, you had a pretty profitable weekend as well. How are you feeling tonight? I feel good, boys. I'm glad to be here with you guys, and I'm, I'm glad to be in the presence of greatness. Looking at Drew here, uh, <laughs> the picks were just absolute fire. A lot of chalk did hit this weekend, so it was good on the books. And a little bit of DFS action went well as well. Um, just a good weekend of football. I think for the first time in a long time, I feel like things kind of went the way that they should have. Yeah, it actually feels like the NFL starting to – is it maybe turning the corner and the, and the good teams are winning when they're supposed to? Is that like – you know, I think this weekend will tell a lot, you know, based off of how which direction it goes because I think there's some games – uh, there's a, a lot of good games this weekend, and there's a couple games where if, if the NFL's back to being regular, we should be able to pick these pretty simply. Um, you know, and, and like I said, Drew's 13-1 and one, uh, weekend made the year standings. Keith is up by one. He's 127-80-1, and, and Drew is 126-81-1. So it's going to be a dead heat through these last couple weeks. And we're going to get started with our picks for the week 15. The Chiefs and Chargers, right after this. Bounce. If you got my fucking back, then just say, Hell yeah. You're down with me and my team. Hell yeah. You're fucking sick of the scene. Hell yeah. nothing is what it All right, so week 15 gets started on Thursday night. Uh, this week, we weren't able to do our recap, so we're going to kind of do some of our Week 14 recap along with our Week 15 picks. We'll see how it goes. Uh, so this first game, this is probably the best game of the weekend, and it's on Thursday, which is kind of, I guess, good on Fox for getting a really good game for Thursday night. The 9-4 and four Chiefs go to the 8-5 and five Chargers. The Chiefs are fresh off a ass-whooping of the, or the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, and Drew... Uh, is this team back when it comes to its offense, or is it just a product of playing the Raiders? Uh, well, no, I think it's slowly climbing back. It's been getting better and better by the weeks. They still haven't put up a whole lot of points in the previous weeks, but they're starting to mound these points, and that's why I think we're seeing this um, this progressively get better for the Chiefs, and it's at the right time. Uh, when things are coming down to the wire, when everybody's fighting for the positional uh, in their division – uh, the Chiefs are playing really hot right now. So, And what else is happening with this Chiefs team right now is that uh, Steve Spagnuolo got this defense playing a hell of a lot better, yeah. uh, They, which they have been. 
The offense is the one that's been struggling, but now the defense, which has been steadily pretty good, is staying that way. And it just makes her a really tough Chiefs team uh, to beat. Now, it is on the road, and they seem to not travel as well as playing at home. So it's going to be interesting uh, in that facet of the game. But what a great Thursday night game. I'm so pumped. Yeah, that's going to be a really fun game. Uh, Keith, the Los Angeles Chargers coming in, they took care of business against the Giants. They put up the most on the Giants uh, in the past few weeks. They put up 37 and they look to be in cruise control. If they can get this win against the Chiefs, they could be in really good position. Yeah, it's. I feel like it's a big ask for them. It's kind of like a little brother, big brother type situation. Yep. I, I, I like the way that they're playing right now. I think Herbert is pretty solid. Um, last week they obviously went and played the Giants, and, and uh, they got the job done. I don't think they needed to do too much to get that yeah. win. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the offense is just kind of clicking right now, and they're going to get Keenan Allen back for this matchup, which I That's think is be huge. Uh, a problem that they do have is I think Eckler is a little bit nicked up for this game. It doesn't sound too bad. Um, but one thing I can say, I mean, this defense is a, has been a liability basically all season. I think the pass defense is playing well. Uh, it's just about that front seven and how they're going to play. Um, just kind of depends on the kind of game that, that Kansas City wants to play here, whether they can get the win or not. But I, I do like the way that, that Herbert looked this past weekend. And I, I like a team that goes in and does what they're supposed to do against a weaker opponent, which the, the Chargers did do last week. Yeah, and that's a big thing. I mean, a lot of teams, you know, they, they're in those type of situations against teams they should take care of, and they're not able to get it done. So that's a, that's a big thing for a team like the Chargers. Going into this one, though, you know, they're – Minus, they're three-point underdogs at home. And I, I think picking this game, I don't know. I, I, don't think, I don't think the Chargers are going to be able to sustain and you know, take over the big brother. I, it just doesn't feel like they're going to be able to do that. And I think at home, it's not going to be very uh, Charger. It's not going to be a very Chargers home game. I think this is going to be a Chiefs ma- madhouse. So I think... I think I'm going Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are the are the play here at minus three. The over under is 52. Drew, who are you taking? Do you like that for the over? Yeah, I'm definitely would smash the over on this all day because one, it's in a dome. Two, it's high flying offenses. Um, it's going to be a great game. Uh, I do like the Chiefs in this one at minus three, and I would take that in the points. I just think the Chiefs are red hot right now. Um, they're not going to have to worry about the weather. It's just going to be just let it loose and uh, feel all loosey-goosey, and I like it. So I'm, I'm going with the Chiefs here. I, I would wish that the Chargers would win. It would be really great for the NFL, I think, to create some drama between yeah. the two teams and that division. But I just think uh, I think the Chargers are outmatched in this one. Yeah, I, I I think the Chiefs may be back. Although the only thing that gives me a little bit of pause is the, you know, they did only put up those big games against the Raiders. But I think it's more just not trusting the Chargers. Why I'm on the Chiefs in this one, uh, Keith? Are you going to go with the Chiefs and make this a clean sweep on Thursday night? Yeah, I hate to do this so early in the show, but I'm going to go against you guys here. Oh, nice. I mean, these two teams met back in week three, and if you remember back, I mean, the Chiefs got off to a pretty hot start. Mahomes and the offense, they look like Mahomes and the offense, and uh, the, the Chargers took that game early on in the season. Yeah. And they came in there. It was a really tough division-type battle, and I think that's what we're, what we're going to get here again. Um, that game was in Arrowhead. This one is at home for L.A. 
Um, I don't think they have much of a home field advantage, but it's got to mean something right now. Yeah. And I, th- I think, I think the big thing is that like Casey's offense just isn't exactly, they're not humming right now. I, I, they've had big games against uh, the Raiders, but who else? Yeah. They've, they've really put up some stinkers outside of those two games. And I think the chargers can be had on the ground um, on defense, but is KC going to be able to stick to that type of offense? I just yeah, I can't see them trying true. to do that. I think this is going to be super close. I think it's a toss-up, coin flip type type of game. Um, I think the Chargers are they're one game behind in the division, so they're going to kind of want it a little bit more than KC, and they're going to be at home. So I can I can honestly see it going either way. But I mean, you guys being on KC makes it a little bit easier for me to take the Chargers in this one. Um, it really could go either way, but I'll roll with Chargers. I like that. That's I mean that's a really good you know zig to me and Drew zag just because this is I, I mean I do like that this is definitely a toss up game. I, I would I agree with Drew. I would love to see the Chargers win this game. I just again it just comes down to the it just being the Chargers. I don't know. They're just the char- they're the they're the Chargers. So hopefully they can shake that stigma, and you know we'll see what happens. Um, and that's a really fun game. And Saturday we've got two fun games. So this Saturday the NFL has a game at four thirty. The six and seven Las Vegas Raiders travel to the seven and six Cleveland Browns. This game is a is a Loser leaves town match. You know, Bill Simmons calls those games, this, these types of games, that. I mean, it really is. like, I mean, I think the Raiders have already left because they look like a destroyed team. And Keith, I mean, their performance against the Chiefs last week was absolutely horrendous. Yeah, I think it's a, a little bit embarrassing that they were out there dancing on the logo before the game started. <laughs> yeah. And within 17 seconds of the game starting, they were already down by a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Um, they received the opening kickoff. <laughs> like, <laughs> so uh, pretty pretty impressive, I guess you might would say in that yep. in that regard. Uh, they just didn't show up for that game. I think they they showed up with all the right intentions, but uh, just didn't go their way it's hard to gauge this team. They have been since the very beginning of the season. They've had their, their hot streaks. Uh, you see Derek Carr get, get on a roll every once in a while. And mm-hmm. they've just had, they've had so many things off the field kind of affect their season here and kind of derail them. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I, they're a very, very, very tough team to trust. They certainly are. I, I don't like anything I see out of them. And it does seem like it's ripe for them to completely go opposite of what everybody is expecting. But, yeah, I don't like the look of them. But then they've got the Browns coming in who got the win, Drew, last week, but they gave up a huge lead. Yeah, boy, they were trying darnest to try to lose that game at the end there. I couldn't believe it. And it wasn't even Lamar Jackson into the in the game. Yeah, uh, it was Huntley. That was crazy. I was just watching, the, I was watching that game live, and I just – thought to myself i can't believe this is happening right now yeah but then again then again it is the browns so i don't know it's they're just not quite over the, the stigma hump yet and this as an organization they're trying they're they're making a claw at it but they just oh man they just keep not doing it so uh this week man it, they're a mess covid right now is running rampant in the league as it is everywhere <laughs> yeah. in the world and um it, it, they have a lot of guys out for COVID, which, you know, we're only, what, three days away from game time. So it's not looking good. I, I originally had thought the Browns would easily win this game, actually. Uh, and now with all this 
hoopla going on, I, I think, you know, the lines have probably moved. I don't know that for sure. I haven't looked down, but they, they probably have moved down a little bit. So I'm not as comfortable with the Browns now as I was, but I would still take them just because um, I really like a healthy Chubb and I really like uh, Case Keenum fill in nicely for Baker Mayfield. It's I actually think it's better for the Browns in general. So their defense has got to hang in there this week and prevent these big plays from – from uh, from Carr, but if the defense, you know, can can get to them, they're going to have a real sh- chance of winning this game. Yeah, I, I mean, I can I can see that, and and the line has shifted. Uh, Vegas is minus one and a half. This over under is only thirty eight and a half. Uh, Keith, who do you like here? I, I mean, I, everything Drew just said just kind of points me in the direction of, uh, of Las Vegas. But do you trust them enough? I don't know. This is really, really tough. I wasn't expecting this uh, right away. Uh, That's probably the lowest over-under I've seen in, like, two years. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I think the biggest thing, like, Landry's going to be out, I think, for the Browns. I think they're going to be missing Kareem Hunt. Um, Kareem Hunt wasn't really much of a factor last week anyway. But um, I, I think with the Browns being at home, and I feel like it's they're they're still right in the division race. Like, yeah, that's true. I, I feel I feel like they have a little bit more to fight for. They're going to be at home. Um, they did get off to a really fast start last week. I feel like the Browns probably let off the gas a little bit too early. They pulled Baker for no reason whatsoever. Um, they they pulled their starters out like way early and like it was just a it was a weird weird game. Um, but for me, when I look at this, I think that. That Cleveland probably has a much better defense as opposed to the Raiders. I think that's probably going to be my pick. I'm going to go with in December. I'm going to go with a run game, and I'm going to go with a defense every single time. And I, I think that's that's going to be Cleveland in this game. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be a fun game to watch. But I think Cleveland is going to pull it out in the end somehow, some way. Yeah, I, I think I'm in agreement with Cleveland. You know, I just think that. <laughs> You know, I mean, it, all of the people that they're missing is definitely not not enticing. But the fact that, you know, Case Keenum, I think, is serviceable and is comparable to a really injured Baker Mayfield. So I'm going to roll with you on Cleveland. Drew, do you like the under in the, at the 38 and a half? Oh, man, uh, I, 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 that's a tough one. It's so low that it scares me. You know, what I mean, and I have a yeah. feeling maybe it might go up a little bit, but I, I do think it will be a low-scoring game. I'll just say that. I don't think I have the balls enough to bet it, though. I'll just say that as well. Yeah, <laughs> this is one to stay away from. Yeah, I, I will give you guys other bets I like this week. This is uh, this is not one of them. But I am going to go with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I'm going to rely on that defense as well, and I'm going to rely on the fact that Nick Chubb is fully healthy and ready to go, and Case Keenum is not injured and can be more serviceable, I think, than Baker Mayfield. Uh, yeah, and, you know, Stefanski's not going to be there. He's got COVID as well, so they're not going to be without a head coach. So hopefully that will, like, cause them to rally around yeah. their assistants and, yeah. and, and just and the role <laughs> here. But I, I don't trust the Raiders either, so that's the other issue. I just don't. I, I've been watching some Raiders football lately, and I just I don't like what I see. Yeah, this one's definitely not something to to bet. It's going to be an interesting watch. I, um, 
Yeah, I just am excited for Saturday football. It's really fun, like 4.30 on a Saturday. That's great, man. Uh, and then you've got 8.15. This game is probably the second best game of the week. The 9-4 and four New England Patriots travel to the 7-6 and six Indianapolis Colts. The Pats, I mean, they're, they're going to walk into a one seed. I mean, they, they beat the Bills last week. Uh, I mean, it seems like forever ago. Uh, you know, they ran the ball three times and beat the Bills. And, I, I mean, yeah, the, the Colts didn't really have anything going on last week. They were on bye. But this game's going to be fun. I'm excited as hell for this. And, Drew, you've got to be loving the way the Patriots are playing. Oh, man, not only that, I'm loving how the Bills are playing. I'm loving how the Ravens are playing. Um, thank you guys both because that really gave us a nice little cushion in the AFC um, so, yeah, I, I love it all right now. This has just been fantastic turn of events for Patriots fans who, when we were 2-4 and four at the beginning of the season, was not looking so great. Um, but old Billy Belichick, Coach of the Year, in my opinion, just got these guys playing really, really good football, good fundamental football. That's It always comes back to the fundamentals and just being a tough physical team, and that's what the Patriots are. I mean, think about if they would have beat Dallas – or, or and or Tampa Bay. I mean, those were two really, really close games yep. that they were in, and they could have won uh, both by field goals. So the Patriots just been playing really, really good football. They got the run game going. They have a two-headed monster there with Stevenson and uh, Harris, and it's just been really, really fun to watch this team just play what I like to call like 80s, 70s type of football. Like, it's nothing real flashy, but they just – They'll out tough you, and they'll make you um, they'll make you use everything in your playbook. So I, I really like the Patriots right now, and I think they have a great shot at beating the Colts this week. They obviously are just going to focus on Jonathan Taylor. I think that's the game plan going in. Stop the run, and the rest will take care of itself. Yeah, I mean they. It, this is this is a a very solid football team and their defense is really good and i think like mac jones you can trust him and i feel like you can like i almost feel like you can trust him more than carson wentz keith i know uh, the colts didn't play last week but the last time we saw him they beat the shit out of the texans 31 nothing and they were coming off a week where they almost beat the tampa bay bucks so you've got to feel pretty confident in how this team's playing yeah, it's another team that, and we've talked about it all year, trying to find teams that we can actually trust and try yeah. to try to know what we can expect out of them. And I feel like the Colts kind of turned into one of those teams after like week four or so. Yep. Um, they obviously had a, a rough start there, but uh, they're a really, really solid football team. And I think it's going to be a shame if they don't make the playoffs. Like, it's it's going to suck. I mean, I know you as a Titans fan don't really fucking care about the Colts or whatever, but yeah. I mean it. As a football fan, I do feel like they're a very good team. I feel I feel like they deserve to be in the playoffs. I, I want to see what they have. Jonathan Taylor is obviously one of the best players in the league, and he's running behind one of Agreed. the best offensive lines in the league. Um, I think that the defense is very solid. They're dependable. I don't I don't think they're like a shutout, shutdown type defense, but mm-hmm. they're right there. And and Carson Wentz, so far, he's kind of proved all of us wrong. Yep. I feel like he's he's avoided most of the big mistakes that we've seen out of him, and it's kind of gotten back to form. I think him and Frank Reich kind of developed that chemistry throughout the season that they had in Philly, and I think he's proven to be dependable, um, not flashy, not elite, obviously, but 
kind of manage the game and get them through. And, and they've, they've strung together a lot of wins and a lot of good games. They kind of ran into a, a problem there in Tampa Bay, but obviously Tampa is a very good football team. But, um, I mean, coming into this game, if you're going to have momentum or I think I think Indy has momentum coming into this game. I agree. I just, I, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, Carson Wentz, like, look at these numbers. He almost has 3,000 yards passing, 22 touchdowns, and five interceptions. I mean, that is fucking legit. That's not, like, that's not a joke. I mean, he, he I, I mean, you know, he still seems to do Carson Wentz things, which is what makes it tough to, like, trust him because he will throw a pick six from his end zone in the fourth quarter. Like, he'll do that. Like, he still has that in him. But, like, his numbers are really good. And, like, for the most part, he's doing what he needs to do. And I actually do think the Colts are going to make the playoffs. Um, you know, I know that I think they have, like, a really tough schedule to finish out the slate. They've got the Pats this week. Next week, they've got the Cardinals. Like, so they don't have any – they also have the Raiders in there who may be in a must-win game. So, I mean – you know they have a murderer's row but i actually think that they start and go on a run here and i think that they get the win at home against the patriots in this one yeah i do i think that the colts win this one um they're favored by two and a half vegas agrees with me uh the over under is 45 and a half I don't know. I think this is the type of team that the, the Patriots could lose to. I, I, I agree that Mac Jones is more trustworthy, and I like, I like the Patriots team, but I think the Colts, I don't know. Jonathan Taylor's just going crazy. Drew, um, are you in complete disagreement with me on the Colts, or are you backing your boys? Well, I'm backing my boys, and I don't completely disagree with it either because right now the Patriots are on a seven-game win streak just by – the universal laws that we all live under with the universal powers that be mm-hmm. it just seems like okay, that like that's too good to be true and they're due for a loss like it's just feels like right around that area that eight to nine game area where it just it's just too good of a run right now so i your logic is sound i just i'm going with bill belichick because of the vendetta that patriots nation will always have against the indianapolis colts this is not another game that we're just going to walk into and just play. No, every time we step in that building or they step in ours, we're coming for absolute bloodshed for what they did to Tom Brady and leaked uh, Deflategate and made this thing a whole freaking issue. So the Patriots nation, coaches, players, fan base has never forgot that, and they're never going to get an easy game from the Patriots going forward, and I'm picking the Pats. I like it. Heath, break the tie. Are you back in the Colts, or do you think that Drew's boys are going to get it done? Yeah, so the uh, the conspiracy theorist in me thinks that it would be best if the Colts go in and get the win. Uh, <laughs> tighten up that AFC race in quite a few different places. Yeah. Um, but my, my heart tells me that Bill Belichick has had two weeks to prepare for this Colts team. Yep. And I feel like in that kind of situation, the man has to be just about undefeated. Um, my, my my hesitations here are I think that Mac Jones has a little bit of a thumb issue. Drew, have you heard that? Left hand. Okay, so non-throwing hand doesn't matter. Uh, I think Damian Harris is a little bit nicked up, but I think Ramondre Stevenson is probably actually a little bit better than him. I love watching him play. Um, I, I just think that – I. I 
it's always it's Bill Belichick. It's what it comes down to every single time. And you give yeah. him time to prepare for a team like this. I just it's hard for me to pick against him. So I'm gonna take the Pats. I, I mean, I believe me, it's best best as a Titans fan. Actually, I don't know what I what I think is best because both situations uh, could be beneficial and also could be bad. So, but you know, I don't know. It's it's a game where I don't know what I want to happen. But I think this is gonna be a really fun game for a Saturday night. Like this, that's the most fun thing about it is we've got a really fun Thursday and Saturday slate, and then we come into Sunday and we've got some pretty good games. I mean, <laughs> there's a couple that are complete duds. The, to lead off at uh, one o'clock on Sunday, the five and eight Carolina Panthers go to the seven and six Buffalo Bills. Um, you know the Panthers have really fallen off lately. Um, they started off three and zero back in the day, and we were all excited about them. And um, as soon as we got super excited about them, they completely fell apart. They've been a complete disaster. Uh, Keith, with with this Carolina Panthers team, I mean. Is there anything about this team that excites you anymore? It's almost amazing to look back to where we started this year. Like, we were on them. The defense is young and hungry. They're there to play. Uh, Matt Rule, young, up-and-coming coach. They've got Sam Darnold. They've got him turned around. The offense is just humming. And now, you know, Sam Darnold is hurt. (laughs) Christian McCaffrey is hurt. Uh, they fired their offensive coordinator. They've yeah. got Cam Newton in there who can't complete a pass to save his fucking life. <laughs> Correct. Um, just a, it's just amazing the downfall that they have had. And it's kind of, you think about it, like, where the fuck do they head now? Like, what do they do? They, I have no they, idea. You, you've said it several times on here. They're going all in for this season. And yep. they have gone absolutely nowhere. So <laughs> they've gotten it's worse. Just, <laughs> it's just it's really interesting, almost dumbfounding to think about the season that the Carolina Panthers have had. Um, they obviously last week. I mean, good lord, we were all on the fucking Falcons, and for the first time, <laughs> they <laughs> we came right. through for us. Um, Cam New, they did a little bit of what I'd like to see. Uh, they went back and forth between Cam and PJ Walker. I think that's. I think that's I honestly think that is a good thing for this offense um, yeah. right now. I think bringing Cam in in those situations where he can produce is good. He's looked great as a runner, and he's looked great down in the red zone. But mm-hmm. when he's dropping back there to pass, I mean, he's throwing pick sixes like he did against <laughs> Atlanta, and that really yep. put them in the hole here. Um, it's it's really dumbfounding thinking about this team and the season that they've had if i'm a fan right now i don't even know what i would honestly be thinking i think they still have a lot of young talent on this team yeah i'd like i'd, I'd like to think that i like matt rule um but i'm kind of losing my confidence in that yeah for sure i mean I, I, it's so true like what do they have they have uh no quarterbacks on this roster and they they don't have draft picks it, like uh, yeah, and CMC, what the hell do you do with him? Yeah, they've like that defense was supposed to be good. All the people they dra- they traded for, and I mean, <laughs> it's not very good. So yeah, they're they're up shit's creek, and it's funny because this is actually kind of like a battle of two teams that it's like where the hell what the hell happened to them? Because the Bills way back when were Super Bowl contenders in the AFC, and now they're in a situation where they're fighting for their playoff lives. They're the seven seed right now, seven and six coming into this game and drew i mean last week you know they didn't look amazing like 
No, they they certainly did not, especially to start the game in the first half. It was like just a massacre, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, They've been struggling all year to find their identity, um, to try to find their footing. They, they've, they've dealt with some bad weather games. Uh, that first uh, week one loss to Pittsburgh shocked us all, considering um, where they were at last year and how strong they came on last year. And we thought, you know, they would be Super Bowl contenders this year. And now... They certainly are a fall from grace. I, I think they can't. They, they can't run the ball. They can't they, run the they ball. Can't. They're Didn't very, even, very one-dimensional. No, In no fact, runs they're, they're just, all first half. No, and it's, they're just relying on Josh Allen to do that. And one of yeah. these times, he's going to he's going to get popped. One of these times, and not get back up. Yeah. Um. It's just, it's the nature of the beast. That's why I love quarterbacks like Tom Brady, who are just smart guys who will throw it away quick and not take the sack and give up the yards. And not, you know, try to be Superman out there, though, this past weekend. We'll talk about that later. But, however, not to throw this all off here, but the Bills, um, I felt, really gained probably some confidence after making a charge last week to get that game into overtime. Because um, yep. they started to play a lot better. They started finding keys that um, it, within the game that they can start to, to unlock their offense a little bit better. And... They really started to look impressive, actually. Like, they downright impressive. They, they they went down and scored, like, four straight times or something like that. Yeah. And so they're coming into this game now to Carolina with that type of confidence saying, hey, we cut up with the Super Bowl champions. We took them to overtime. Now they play the a, a team that's just throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping that something sticks. So I think the Bills um, – this is their get-right game here. This is the game where Josh Allen can – you know, try to get some rhythm going with his offensive players, get some throwing going. I don't think they'll run the ball. I mean, it just it's at this point where I think we can all agree they're just not going to run the ball. Um, yeah. They, it's just not who they are this year. It's not their uh, identity. So I'm not worried about that. But this is a defense that until last week haven't given up 30 points all year. So coming into this game – or actually even 300 yards of offense, passing offense, they haven't even given up this year until last week. So that's really impressive. They've had a top defense all year round, and now you have a Carolina team that's not good uh, in any side of the ball. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I I mean, I think this one's pretty straightforward, Buffalo, just because, I mean, I don't see what the Panthers do here, and I actually do like what you say as far as that this being a get-right game for Buffalo, and it's just crazy to see the fall from grace that the Panthers have had. Keith, I'm pretty sure you're going to be on the uh, the Bills as well. Yeah, this is this is Bills minus 30. I mean, this is a 30-point win, I, I feel like. A um, couple things. I'm not a Josh Allen lover, as you guys both know, and maybe people that listen, but I love what I saw out of him in that game against Tampa. They were down 24 to three, and that boy brought them back on his back. Yeah. They they got into their game. He was they weren't allowed to do anything but throw. So <laughs> that's what they're good at. Um, they didn't run the ball until there was 11 minutes left in the third quarter. Imagine that. <laughs> and the dude, the dude had 100 yards rushing. He threw for over 300. He did everything absolutely by himself. And that's a dude, I know I don't trust him and his accuracy and all that bullshit, but that's a dude that you want on your team. And watching that game, he is a good football player. He cares. He carried his team on his back. They didn't get there all the way. I'm pissed. I had Bills plus three and a half. I got fucked in overtime. But (laughs) 
uh, in this game, I think it's all Bills. Uh, the, the Panthers just don't have enough offense to keep up with this type of team, especially in Buffalo. Um, the one thing I do worry about about Buffalo going forward is they play in Buffalo where it's cold, snowy, rainy all the time, and they and have they built run. a football team that can't fucking play there. Yeah. So <laughs> just going forward, just something to think about. But for this week, they should be plenty fine against the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, that it's funny because this game is minus ten and a half, and the over under is forty four and a half. And I just think their lack of running ability, like you just said, they're they're built to not play in this game, the uh, the stadium. However, this weekend it's only going to be thirty two degrees and sunny, so I think they can throw it all over the yard against the Panthers. But going forward, it's like if this team has a January game that matters and it's blizzard outside like what are they going to do they're not building that foundation and uh yeah i mean that's that's the the thing that's nerve-wracking about the bills is because if they're not able to get the passing game going what the hell are they going to do all right so the 10 and 3 arizona cardinals travel to the 1 11 and 1 detroit lions and man last week the detroit lions got absolutely pummeled by the denver broncos and keith You've got to be uh, feeling upset because you missed your one opportunity on the Lions this season. Now they're just you, you can't you can't get the opportunity to get that win now by picking them. Well, they yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> but they they had a lot going against them in that game. They had a lot of guys that missed uh, due to flu. Yep. Um, they had I think DeAndre Swift missed due to injury and all that good stuff. But and you know on top of the fact that they just fucking suck. Um, but yeah, you know, the Denver had a, a lot of energy in and that emotion. stadium yeah. due to the Demarius Thomas uh, passing, uh, rest in peace. But yeah, there was there was a lot stacked up against them in that game, and they're not a very good football team. On top of that, um, I just I feel like in the game before that, when they beat Minnesota, I, I felt like Jared Goff had something to build on. Yeah, like he came out looking really, really good in that game. Um, I just. You know, it's it's one of those teams they don't have a whole lot to fight for, but they do keep fighting for Dan Campbell, and that is a good thing to see. Yeah, I get, it's a good thing to see, and they definitely had it stacked against them last week just because, I mean, you know, at, with the Demarius Thomas situation, I, I mean, when the team came out and had 10 people on the field, do you think that team is – that team's not losing. They're playing the Detroit Lions, like, on top of the fact that there's no way that team's going to lose in the NFL. They had to get one for Demarius, rest in peace. Uh, Drew, the Arizona Cardinals, on the other hand, they – they had a loss to the Rams, and now they're in a situation where they may not even have uh, the home field advantage in the NFC. Yeah, this this is true. Um, it was surprising uh, to me that they weren't weren't able to keep this going. But you know, they go into Detroit here with a, a layup of a win, yeah. Uh, and you know, they just turn the page on the Rams, and they don't look back. But it's certainly. Um, some things that they need to build off of. DeAndre Hopkins, I posted on our social uh, today, is out with a sprained knee for the remainder of the regular season. Uh, he's big. Could, yeah, it is big. It hurts. Um, he could come back for the playoffs, but for the remainder of the season, he's out. They're, they're not going to need him at, at Detroit this week, so it, it's all good there. But, um, yeah, I, Calum really, um, you know, just didn't make enough throws. I, I He's running for his life last week, and I don't think he'll have to run for his life this week. So 
he'll be able to get his confidence back and keep his composure and work on some things as they move forward here. Uh, Connor's going to have a huge game. He's been an absolute beast. I don't know if you guys have been watching some of his Oh, yeah. His run. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, it's like, where did this come from, man? They're really explosive from Connor and just making insane catches. Dude, he's he looks like a beast out there. Dude, he's he's on a mission, man. He did, His whole aura around him this year just feels completely different than it has in he's years in past. He's in fuck you so mode. He really is, and I don't want to be the guy on the opposite side of the ball uh, going against him right now. So I feel for the Detroit Lions this week, but uh, he's just been an absolute tear. And uh, all I can do is applaud him. Sir, my hat's off to you. You're rocking it, killing it. So that's good stuff. Go Cards. Yeah, I mean, this one, obviously, we're all going to be uh, on the cards. But, Keith, do you trust the Cardinals minus 13 in Detroit? It's uh, a lot of points. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm not even going to answer that because I don't know yet. But going talking about the cards, like Kyler Murray in that game last this what monday night whatever like they made so many mistakes down the stretch yeah they, they had every opportunity to win that football game they did and it just they just between him and kingsbury they don't know what to do when they get in those situations and that is going to kill them in the playoffs because all those games are going to be close and they just they don't have that in them to that, just and to that's make those just in those situations they just don't have it and DeAndre Hopkins looked like shit when he was out there in this game. He probably shouldn't have been out there. They brought him back too soon. Now he's hurt again. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys were talking about James Conner. He got hurt on that last play of the game. I don't know if you guys saw that or not, but it, it took everything that he had to get lined up for them to spike the football at the end of the game. <sighs> and he barely made it. And as soon as, as soon as the game ended, he just collapsed on the field. So, I haven't seen any news on that, um, but just keep an eye on that. But uh, Chase Edmonds should be coming back for this offense. I think it's good that they get a layup against Detroit here. I'm obviously going to take them. But, I mean, going forward and looking at this team going into the playoffs, Kevin, you've called it all year. Are they a pretender or a contender? Um, I just They just don't seem to have it in them at the end of the game to, to pull out all those plays, those winning plays that you need to make. In, in crucial situations I think we saw it against Green Bay earlier in the year when they lost that game mm-hmm. and we saw it again against the Rams they, they had every opportunity to win that game but they just couldn't go out there and grab it yeah and that's like you know we've been talking about it all year like you said I mean it's just something about Kingsbury and Murray like you know whether it would be Eltha Murray or just Kingsbury's inability to to know how to call the end of a game and this team's ability to win a close game, yeah. I mean, they're finally—it's finally coming to fruition. What we were expecting all year with them, and yeah, it, it, I think this is a good get-right game for them. But I think that they're in trouble going into the rest of the season because I don't like this team going on the road to to Green Bay. I don't like this team on the road going to Tampa Bay. You know, I mean, I think they're in a situation where you know the season where they could have potentially been that upper echelon team is no more. I don't think that they have an opportunity now. Uh, they are in a bad in bad shape, so they need to get uh, you know win out and see what happens with the Bucks and the Packers because I don't like the look of this team as, as they go forward. Um, the three and ten New York Jets travel to the six and seven Miami Dolphins. That's the next one o'clock game, and I mean obviously 
the Dolphins at one point were one and seven on this season and completely out of it. And now they're actually like on the outside looking in in the AFC playoff picture. It's it's unbelievable to see. And Keith, this team, I mean, two is actually kind of playing all right. Like, do they have their quarterback? Yeah, man. I said on here a couple weeks ago, you throw Tua on the New England Patriots, and he's a fucking all-pro. Yeah, like, that's true. I, 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 just, I feel like he's that kind of quarterback. He can manage the football game. It's what he's been doing the last couple yep. weeks. They haven't thrown a ton on him. I wish they would support him a little bit more in the run game. For uh, sure. But I just I don't think they have the offensive line to run that type of offense. Um, but he's just doing all the right things like he's just not turning the football over he's not killing them um he's making the throws when he has to he's really good at finding guys in the middle of the football field he's not the type of guy that can make all the throws across the field he's not throwing from from hash to sideline he doesn't have a huge arm but he's doing all the right things so far and i think the biggest thing is that defense that we talked about before the season even started has finally woken up and they're doing all the things that we expected them to do. They're turning the football over. Uh, they're holding down opponents and, and two is taking care of the rest. So um, obviously they got off to a rough start here, but they've been on a hell of a run so far. And I don't know. It's kind of interesting to see how it's going to go. Yeah. I think they've got a great uh, shot to be, you know, 500 at the end of this week. Uh, Drew, the New York jets, Keith and I were on the Jets last week. You were the only smart one to take Taysom Hill and the Saints. Um, is there anything in this Jets team that can you, you could see them pulling an upset here against the Dolphins? Not really. When when uh, you know their quarterback Zach is going nineteen for forty six. <laughs> it's just uh, <laughs> it's just abysmal, man. It's so hard. Uh, to win football games like that. It's just not, you know, his year. It's not the rookie's year, honestly, except for Mac Jones. He's the only rookie that's that's doing anything uh, worthwhile here. But, yeah, the, the Jets are just a, such a mess right now. They just lack the talent. And they I, – I don't know how I feel about Sala. I, I can't tell if he's a bad coach or it's just – A bad you know, situation, the first year, yeah. A bad situation. It's just hard for me to really pinpoint that – to a certain degree, but yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, they had, they've been without Michael Carter in the backfield for a little bit now due to injury. And he had a lot of promise coming into this year. He, we all thought maybe, you know, mid round fantasy stud that you could possibly get cheap, but it just didn't amount to anything. Elijah Moore uh, has been turning on lately. He seems to be getting a lot more targets. And obviously um, if you guys have been listening in past podcasts, you know, I'm high on him. I really like him a lot, but it's just, he doesn't have enough guys around him either uh, talent-wise to, to make it worthwhile either. So the Jets are just a mess. I I, I don't think they have a shot at winning this game this week. I, I, I just think that the Dolphins right now are playing hot. They're on a five-game win streak. They're, they're catching fire at the right time, and they're going to be meeting a Jets team that just – they just can't seem to get it together. Yeah, they, they can't. And uh, that's a good point on Salah is it is hard to kind of judge what, what he really is. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's any way you can trust the trust the Jets here at all to pull the upset. I mean, I think the Dolphins are humming along too well, too good. And, you know, they're favored by 10. I, I even like that just because I think that um, I think that they've been on a roll. Keith, are you on the Dolphins as well? 
Yeah, no doubt. Um, I, I just think they're they're super hot right now, and um, I think that the fact that Zach Wilson just can't stop throwing interceptions <laughs> against this ball this ball hawk of a defense yeah. that Miami has yeah. right now, and the way that they've been playing, um, I just I find it hard for them to to find points in this game, and I think Tua and that Miami offense just does enough. So uh, Miami at home in florida i'll take them all day yeah i i think that one's pretty straightforward all right and one that's maybe not necessarily straightforward and i'm sure keith will agree the nine and four dallas cowboys travel to the four and nine new york giants the cowboys are favored by ten and a half keith your boys last week they got the win uh what the fuck were they doing at the end of that game I have no idea, man. I went outside because <laughs> I couldn't stand watching it anymore. <laughs> um, just very typical Dallas football, I suppose. Um, the thing is, I mean, their defense is absolutely just fucking crazy good. Yeah. When, like, I underestimated the past few weeks they've been without Randy Gregory, without Neville Gilmore, all those guys. They came back this week, and it is a humongous change in the way that they can create pressure. Yep. And when they can create pressure like that, holy shit. I mean, they just mauled Tyler Hunt, yeah. Taylor Hunt. Yeah, he, he, his, his, um, his career's over now. Yeah, he had no fucking chance yep. in the first half of that football game. I mean, literally no chance. They just absolutely dominated in every possible facet. And the offense took advantage of those short fields and situations, and the defense was scoring and everything was going great. And then they just kind of sat on the ball. Like, the offense just wasn't able to actually create any momentum for themselves, I felt like, in that yep. game, which is something that we've seen over the past few weeks. Dak is missing. Uh, Zeke is not Zeke right now, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Pollard was out of that game. So, I mean, my biggest concern, <laughs> it's crazy to say, but the offense is concerning <laughs> me. Like, I never thought I would be in this position yeah. as a fan this season, but holy shit, like, here we are. I just I can't trust the offense, and I don't know. I feel like Jerry Jones told Dak Prescott, hey, go out there and suck so that we can keep Kellen Moore <laughs> next year. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, He's just, he's, he's just off. He's not making the easy throws. Um, I don't know, man. But the defense – I love the defense. I love what I saw. I love the the passion and the aggressiveness that we saw out of them. Every time Heineke threw the ball, there was like five Cowboys there waiting for it. He was throwing hospital balls nonstop. <laughs> um, it was it was a good game as far as the defense goes. Down there, obviously, uh, Washington made a run there at the end of the game, but um, they ended up covering, so that's all that matters. Hey, good team. Uh, Good teams win, great teams cover. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's funny because you and I are very similar situations as far as our favorite teams go because both of our teams were known for offense and now they're having to rely on defense. And it's such a different, it's such a different experience having that as a football fan uh, going from an offensive team to a team that you have to rely on the defense. And it's it's uh, an interesting switch, uh, Drew. The New York Giants last week, I mean, they got absolutely pummeled, absolutely pummeled by the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. And the only reason that I feel like there's some bit of, of 
reason to be afraid for a Cowboys pick here is because for some reason Giants against the Cowboys always seems to be close game. So this is so true. These uh, division opponents they always do play tough games. Um, yeah, at some point that's gonna that's gonna break though. Dallas is coming in really hot with that defense, and uh, the Giants have no offense. Yeah. They, uh, they they they've been a carousel of hurt players all season Absolutely. long. Absolutely. Uh, if you know, so Darius Tony's out and then Galloway's out. It's like they just can't get right. And Saquon's been out and now um, Danny Dimes is out. They have to start with Glennon. So it, they're they're just a hot mess debacle. And I I would take Dallas all day in this game so comfortably. I won't even give it a second thought. That defense alone for Dallas. It, how is how are the Giants going to score points this weekend? Like I just like I I don't see it. I mean Parsons is absolute nightmare of the league. Forget rookie of the year. He's defensive player of the year. Absolutely. There's not even question. It should be a unanimous decision. He's an absolute monster, and he's going to haunt the Giants all week. They can't get no sleep, and now they're going to come into the game Sunday so tired that they can't play anyway. So. I just don't like where the Giants are at right now as an organization. I like Joe Judge, obviously, he's from the coaching tree of Bill Belichick, but it's just they're just such a debacle, and management has always been kind of um, – they always overshadowed their coaches in New York, and that's the same thing that's happening here, and they're just being stubborn and not letting Joe Judge make the right plays or like with player personnel and stuff. And now that they're all hurt, it just wasn't the season that we thought the Giants could potentially have because at the beginning of the season, we all thought the Giants would be somewhat a contenders in this division because we just thought they weren't as bad as what they appear on paper. But unfortunately, with the injuries and um, just a whole heap of other stuff with COVID and everything, it just became a nightmare for them. And I just will comfortably take Dallas in this game. Keith, I, I think – you know, as much as I see this as a potential, you know, I've seen the, the trap game before for the Cowboys against the Giants. I, I think I, I feel pretty confident on them. Are you going to uh, agree in that confidence? And do you think that they get it done on the road in New York? Yeah, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with taking them this week. Um, I feel like if Dallas can score 12 points, they'll cover <laughs> 10 and a yep. half. Uh, <laughs> with the way the defense played last week, um, but – yeah, it's just so crazy. Like they they've played all season. They haven't really had Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, and Micah Parsons yep. at the level that Micah Parsons is at right now, all in the field at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we saw against Washington. I really don't know what happened in the second half there. Like, it was just, I mean, Washington hit on a crazy play there to get kind of get themselves back into it. But um, yeah, I just. I got to see more out of the offense if they're going to if they want to continue through the season and through the postseason. They've got to get things together offensively, and I never thought I'd say that, but here we are. Uh, Tyron Smith, left tackle, got banged up in that game again. Um, he's a huge part of that offense. <laughs> Dak has not been good without him. Um, the good news is Tony Pollard did practice today, I think so. Um, I, I think that Dallas will have enough to get this done. 
against this this Giants team. Andrew Porter hasn't come out for the Giants yet, but I'm assuming that it's very very long. Yeah, that that is one thing that we we I, I we have to remind everybody that it's Wednesday night, so we have no no like actual uh, injury reports to go off of. So this is like completely uncharted territory when it comes to making the picks because we're. Four, day, four days out from some of these games. It's ridiculous. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back with the Washington football team traveling to the Philadelphia Eagles right after this. Okay, so another 1 o'clock game on Sunday. The 6-7 and seven Washington football team primes Congress travel to the 6-7 and seven Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the Eagles are favored by 7 points at home. Um, we may not have Taylor Heineke in this game. I mean, Drew, this team had been on a little bit of a roll, but do you think it's now officially dead? Um, no, I don't think it's officially dead. I just think, you know, they played a tough division opponent who had some healthy defensive players back that they got railroaded. But I, I believe, you know, Washington has found something that's been working for them. It's a shame that Logan uh, Thomas is out all year with an ACL injury because he was really huge from the tight end position uh, for Tyler Han- yeah, Taylor Heineke, uh, Heineke. Oh, my gosh, can't speak. But anyway... Um, yeah, the Washington, they've they just been able to piece some things together, and they've been playing really tough football lately. So uh, I, I think they can continue. I like them this week, to be honest with you, against another division opponent with the Eagles, who we just don't really know what they're all about right now either because they're hit and miss. Um, but I don't know. Washington's been playing pretty well. And I know they got steamrolled by, by Dallas, but they, they almost came back in that game and made it a game and, and almost pulled the upset there. But... If things spiraled out of control, I like Allen to come in. I don't think that's going to be a downgrade from Heineke, in my personal opinion. I think he can fit that role real easy, so I, I wouldn't take any points away from him uh, because they might be starting a backup. That's a good point. I mean, they're, they have a backup replacing a backup, so it's really not that big of a step back. Um, Keith, the Philadelphia Eagles were also in a, a similar situation, a situation recently where uh, – you know, they, they were kind of on a hot streak and then they had that dud against the Giants, but they got back on the saddle against the Jets with Gardner Minshew. You know, do do we have a little bit of that? Is that going to be that weird quarterback controversy this week where they potentially start Hurts and then, uh, you know, he doesn't look great? Well, all of a sudden this morning, uh, Jalen Hurts is dealing with a high ankle sprain, Ooh. which reportedly can be tricky so um i don't know if that leads into your narrative there or not but i mean if if we get a full healthy jalen hurts i really like their chances in this game they were doing some really good things offensively when he was in there as far as running the football and 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 kind of taking the pressure off of him um but if we do get Minshew, i mean obviously Minshew looked good against the jets um I i feel like it's a little bit of a different animal going against washington um, they are Very at home true. here, but it's hard to gauge without knowing who's going to start what team we're going to get. Yeah. It's very obviously different between Jalen Hurts and, and Gardner Minshew. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minshew, if he does have to play, I, I, I feel like he looked good enough as a passer to get them by. He really loved going to Dallas Goddard in that game. Um, the other thing is, like 
who the hell are we going to get running back? It's going to be Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders. Who the fuck is healthy? Boston Scott, maybe. <laughs> it's like, we don't know. And and Philly's defense has kind of been a little bit Jekyll and Hyde all season. Absolutely. It's like, if their offense is going and they're running the football and keeping them off the field, yeah, they look great. But if they get exposed and they have to be out there a lot, they don't look so good. So uh, it would be very interesting to see uh, what they do as far as offense um, uh, to kind of dictate how this game is going to go. Yeah, it, it's going to be a really interesting to see what happens, especially like so if Hertz starts this game and the ankle bothers him, like that's a, a situation that I could see happening. And then they play the the football team in two weeks, and he could potentially, if they if Minshew supplants Hertz. You know, you could have a apples-to-apples comparison, both quarterbacks going against the same team. That would be kind of an interesting approach for for the Eagles if they end up having an issue in this game. I, I, I really don't know who to pick. You know, it, this is a tough game. I mean, Keith, who, who are you going with in this one? I mean, do you think this is the battle of two teams that we don't – I mean, there's a lot really up in the air with this. Yeah, I, I tweeted last night that Hallmark Christmas movies are better than NFC East football, yep. and uh, <laughs> I think that uh, it's a, this it's is true. one of those. This is one of those situations. At, at least in a Hallmark Christmas movie, I can predict what's going to happen. Yep. probably a lot better than this absolutely. Game. Um, I, I, we have two teams here facing off. They've been on and off all season long. Um, I think coming into this game, you got to probably think that Washington is maybe the hotter team. I don't even feel confident saying that. Um, but without, if Heineke doesn't play, I like Philly. If Jalen Hurts plays, I like Philly. If Gardner Minshew's in, I like Philly. Like, it's just, I don't know. We don't know what we're going to get. We don't know who's playing. Um, I, I think the fact that Philly is willing to run the football, um, I, I kind of like that aspect. They're at home. Um I don't know. This is really tough because Washington could just turn around and do it right back to them with Antonio Gibson. I feel like that was something they had going also going into the Dallas game, but they got thrown off their game script because they got punched in the mouth as soon as the game started. So um, really tough game to pick. Both teams are just – I can't trust either one of them, but I guess for the sake of the podcast, uh, I'm going to have to make a pick here. It's going to be Philly. Philly? I I actually – I've put my pick down and then change it like 15 times i was on uh, last thing i wrote down was washington so i I, i'm gonna roll with washington uh as an opportunity to make up a game on you but i think this is a complete complete coin flip just because especially at this point in the week you have no idea who you're getting you know i could see the narrative of both both scenarios drew uh break the tie uh who are you going with on wednesday of this week well my dad's a huge eagles fan and uh, I, I, I've been watching the Eagles games for a long, long time, and I know better not to pick Eagles this week because they will break your heart. And so I am going to go with Washington this week. It just seems like uh, the right thing to do. It just seems that the agony for Phillies fans, uh, it, it will happen. It just These division games where they, they feel confident that they have the talent to win, they always seem to end up losing. And so I can just see my dad and I watching this Sunday and him just yelling at the TV and for, for stupid shit. And I, I just, yeah, I could just see it so clearly. So I'm just going to go with Washington because of that. Yeah, I think if, if, if 
if the game does go in Washington's favor, I see it. I see it as a game that uh, hurts, maybe starts and doesn't look great. And I, I can see the narrative already. I already see that see it written out. That's how it's going to go. I think that uh, that that's the Philly narrative that I have seen before. And yeah, uh, so both on Washington, but this is a coin flip as far as just looking at it on paper. You know, but once you throw in that Eagles baggage, who knows? Um, speaking of Pennsylvania teams and baggage, Jesus, this game has me scared as a Tennessee Titans ta- fan. The Tennessee Titans, 9-4, and four, come into the 6-6-1. Six, six and one. In a must-win situation, Pittsburgh Steelers, the uh, Titans are favored by 1.5 in this game on the road. I'm actually going to go to this game. I want to experience the pain in person. Um, you know, the Titans are just playing with no one at this point, and that's the that's the thing that scares me. And Drew, I mean, I know they got a shutout last week against the uh, Jaguars, but I mean, it was just the Jaguars. Yeah, the Jaguars are a complete disarray right now, so it's nothing to hang your hat on. Um, certainly, I feel nervous for you. I, I don't have a whole lot of faith in the Titans right now. I don't know. Uh, what they are capable of doing. It does seem weird this entire season how uh, in the spring I was so on them because I thought their offense would be just so great. I thought their offense would click. Tannehill would have lots of options to throw to. It'd be hard to guard both Julio and Brown. And all of a sudden the pieces just started to drop off one by one. And they just haven't played uh, a full football game, full 60 minutes where you just thought, wow, these guys are going to be really, really good. Now, they've had a couple good wins. You know, I think the Rams game comes to mind mm-hmm. where it just like, took you by surprise. But there, ha- other than that, they've had some debacles of losses, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody would have thought, oh, my God, they just whooped the Rams. Oh, but we'll lose to the Texans and we'll yep. lose to the Jets. Yep. Um, and so it's just it just hasn't been their year. It's unfortunate because I do like them a lot, and uh, I am worried about them going into Pittsburgh this weekend. Yeah, and the thing the thing that's really scary about it is this is a Pittsburgh. If they it's a must win game for them if they want any shot to make it a playoff. So they're back against the wall. And Keith, it's big, big Ben's you know swan song. I mean, I think you know he's been playing all right lately too. Yeah, he's looking okay at times, for sure. Um, I, I think the biggest thing here is they got absolutely whitewashed in that game against Minnesota in the first half. In the first half, and yep. something that they can hang their hat on is coming back in the second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they outscored the Vikings 28-13 to in the second half of that game, and they really made it way closer than it should have been. So I think the fact that, you know, maybe the, the – the Steelers have a lost season or, you know, Ben or Tomlin's losing, losing the locker room. I think that's bullshit because if that was the case, they wouldn't have came back in that game. Yeah. Everybody was fully engaged. They came back. They played well. Um, it's, it's really tough. I, I, Pittsburgh is a team kind of like, you know, the Saints and the Eagles and the Redskins or potatoes whatever the hell we're gonna fuck call them uh, they've been hard to they've been hard to predict all season you just can't trust them right mm-hmm. um, but they've come out and they've had really good games and they've thrown up some stinkers um, but I, I think the the takeaway from last week is the fact that they were able to come back I think Big Ben I, he might be washed he might be old whatever but after watching that game he's not their problem 
They, they have way bigger problems than him. Yep. If anything, he might be the bright spot of that team, and which is kind of you kind of choke on that saying it, but yeah. they they the run defense is terrible. Um, Najee Harris, he has lost his burst. He looks like he's kind of hit a little bit of a wall. Uh, Chase Claypool, he's a fucking clown. Um, <laughs> there's just a lot of things going on with that team, and I don't think Big Ben is a problem. I think he's the one thing that is still holding them together uh, so far to this point. Yeah, and the fact that they did get whitewashed last week against the Vikings, I mean, that's the thing that scares me even more going into this game because they're not going to have two duds in a row. They're at home, um, you know, and the Titans are favored, so even just that little little extra sprinkle of disrespect in there for them, I think that they come out and... I don't even... Like, the thing that sucks is I'm already going to this game, so I don't want to, to go to it at this point because I know that they're just going to get fucking shellacked. It's just going to... I'm going to drive four hours there and then drive four hours back just like, why the hell did I do that? I, I'm going at Steelers. I think this is straightforward, you know... Drew, do you do you share in my sympathy and pick uh, the Steelers as well? Yeah, I, I I I do. I do have some pause though because of how bad the Steelers' run defense is. I feel like honestly the Titans are going to excel in that. They had 200 yards of rushing against the Patriots. I would have never, in my wildest dream, thought on, that. On that's two, on two runs, two or three but, runs. Um, it, hey, the stat line is the stat line. Yeah, that's 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 a little bit I, of window and dressing. I, and I and I think they can have some success against uh, this pitcher. Obviously, Cook did last week. I mean, they looked awful. They there was nobody within ten feet of him every time he ran the ball. <laughs> that's true. I mean, the, my grandmother could have ran through those holes and and, and 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 scored touchdowns. My God! But at the same time. You know, Tomlin's a great coach. You have to think that he's going to button that up. And and obviously in the second half, they did uh, make some adjustments and turn around. It's a shame that T.J. Watt is always hurt. He's always dealing with something because he's an absolute beast when he's in there. So I am going to sneak in and out with, the, with, with Pittsburgh in a very close one, but I don't love it. I wouldn't bet it. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, uh, I guess maybe it's the cynical Titans fan in me that I just think this is going to be a blowout. But I, I don't know. I just think that it's all the makings, the, the loss to the Vikings and the fact that this is must win. And, and Ben, you know, the NFL would want to see Ben go out in a, in a playoff berth maybe. I, I don't know. I, so, I don't know. I, it just doesn't look good to me. Keith, are you on the Steelers as well? Yeah, I'm going to take the Steelers to win. I don't think the, the Steelers are capable of a blowout. Um, but yeah, I just I find it hard in in my brain to figure out how um, the Titans are going to score a lot of points in this game. Yeah, like, they're going to run out Dante Foreman. <laughs> he, he's he's going to tear him up like Dalvin Cook. I highly doubt it. No. Um, I I think that Tannehill is obviously struggling right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they just he just doesn't have any weapons to go to. It just they're, they're just missing so many different pieces. It's really hard for them. Um, but, yeah, I, they're doing what they can. I think Vrabel is a good coach. I think Mike Tomlin is a good coach. And I think Big Ben is kind of holding that team together right now. I, I think they've just had a little bit too much to uh, for the Titans to keep up. So I'm going to roll with Pittsburgh with you guys at home. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to – I don't know. It just sucks to, to have to uh, have this situation because I can see them winning. 
Here, I'm gonna give you two two quick questions. I'm gonna give you stats. Um, who do you think has these passing stats? One person has 2,965 yards, 14 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Is that Big Ben or Ryan Tannehill? Tannehill. It's Tannehill. It's Tannehill. Big Ben has 3,066 yards, 19 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, and he's the one that's washed. So. Yeah, but, but he's got the talent around him, man. Claypool's no joke. Deontay Johnson's no joke. I mean, he, 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 those guys have been playing all year round, and Juju was in there for a little bit, too. Freaking Tannehill has had nobody all year round. I mean, Julio didn't start, then he's hurt, then he plays, then Brown's hurt. And it's just they just don't have anybody else that's worth anything on that offense. So yeah. I just I I just defend him a little bit in that regard. Yeah. So you got I mean, you got Ten Hill in a brand new offense too. And you know yeah. the dude the, the dude came in, he he didn't have it figured out the first couple weeks and then they started relying on Derrick Henry and got back to tight the football and then all of a sudden Derrick Henry goes down. So yeah. you gotta totally adjust to a brand new style of offense and it, it just just hasn't clicked quite yet. Yeah, and, and by the time he figures it out, they're going to be, be hopefully be able to be back to their original uh, Titans offense. So, well, the biggest thing is like Ryan Tannehill is not running. Like that's yeah, that's yeah. a huge part of that, and he just hasn't been doing it. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I just feel like there's a huge part that's been missing so far this year. Well, I mean, the running that he's usually able to do is from the play action bootlegs, and without Henry, teams are not stacking the box nearly as much, and you know, it's not as not as easy to get those points. Uh, what's up, Trip? The other thing is when we're comparing these two quarterbacks, Big Ben has a really really great uh, tight end in Fowermuth. Who yeah. did Ryan? Who did Ryan Tannehill lose this year? A freaking beast of a tight end in Johnny Smith. Yep. He no longer has that bailout guy there this year. And, he, and as Keith mentioned, they lost their coordinator. So he's been kind of up a, up a hill this, this year trying to freaking run up it. Yeah, that's tr- I mean, that's true. I mean, it, it's funny because Ferkser was supposed to be like, oh, yeah, don't worry about uh, Johnny Smith leaving. Ferkser is going to be the man. And it's like he has been terrible. Jeff Swaim has been more serviceable than uh, Anthony Ferkser. So... Yeah, I mean that is, it was a big, big loss. I wish that he was still on the team because he he did a lot. He was more than just a tight end for the Titans. All right, enough Titans talk, but we don't have to talk about this next game too much. This is the last one o'clock game, Texans Jaguars. I don't even think it's worth going into. I'm just gonna pick uh, Jaguars. I'm taking Jaguars at home. Drew, who are you taking? I'm going with the Texans because there is some inner turmoil going down down in Jacksonville and. It's just too much of a debacle, so I'm just going to go with the Texans. It is a coin flip, though. Keith, Texans or Jags? I'm going Texans. I love the way that they fought. They they all they had the Seahawks for most of that game. Like they were in it. Uh, they keep fighting for um, Covey or McCollney, whatever the fuck his name is, <laughs> head coach. Um, they, Davis Mills looking good. Actually had a decent game against them, so I, I'm going to roll with them just because of the way that they fight. Uh, I don't think that the Jaguars have a whole lot of faith in their head coach right now, and that organization is just an absolute fucking dumpster fire, so uh, I'm going to go with the Texans. Just imagine what they would do with Deshaun Watson at quarterback. Yeah. Alright, I guess I'll change the, uh, the Texans because I completely 
don't want to be on the team that's complete dumpster fire. So I'm going to switch. I have to do it at least once. All right. Um, Texans it is. So we're all on the Texans. Watch the Jaguars win. All right. We're going to without us having flipping picks. It just won't be a podcast without it. Exactly. You need to have me do at least one. All right. We're going to take a short break, and we'll come back with our 4 o'clock games, including one of the really fun games in the afternoon slate, the Bengals and Broncos, right after this. Okay. 4 p.m. games. This one is at 4.05. Uh, the 7-6 and six Cincinnati Bengals and 7-6 and six Denver Broncos play each other in Denver, mile high. Uh, Broncos are favored by two and a half points. Um, man, this is a. I think this is a really fun game. I wish it was in the 425 slot with the with the good announcers. I actually think this is a sneaky fun game. Uh, the Broncos. The only thing with them is just they've been up and down. But uh, the Bengals have also been up and down, but they fought back a lot. And Keith, last week they had another game where they fought back against a pretty good opponent. Yeah, a lot like my feelings on Josh Allen. Like, Joe Burrow showed a lot in that game to come back and yep. um, make that game close, put it into overtime. Um, that's an overtime game that I actually profited from because <laughs> there was only 40 points going into overtime and the <laughs> over-under was 48 and a half. And there's only one way to get to 49, and they did it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they gave up the field goal and then the Niners scored a touchdown, so... Um, but yeah, I, I, I love Joe Burrow. I think he's great. He's a guy that I want on my team. Um, the thing that they seem to have gotten away from is rushing the football with Joe Mixon. Yep. I, they didn't find a whole lot of success with that last week. Um, the defense playing a little bit better than I think we all kind of anticipated. I think um, they're doing a good job. T. Higgins is kind of coming on here. Jamar Chase, obviously, that connection between him and Joe Burrow is absolutely lethal. Whenever they want to go to it, it's there. And I feel like they waited way too long in that game to exploit that. I feel like the Niners' secondary is kind of weak, and yep. they waited they waited till the end of the game to, to pull it out when they absolutely needed it. But um, yeah, I like this team. They're, they're definitely in the fight for the division, so I think this game is going to be important for them. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It should be interesting watching them going forward. They're definitely one of our favorites to watch. They're a young team. Uh, we want to see them excel, absolutely. Um, so uh, hopefully going forward uh, they give us what we want. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're, they're a very fun team. I hope they can – you know, this is a game that they really need. It's a tough one, though. I mean, in mile high, you know, I mean, you know, the Broncos aren't amazing, but that mile high home field advantage gives them a lot. And Drew, I think, you know, I think that's could be tough for the Bengals. It certainly is underrated, man. Just like, uh, well, the 12th man in Seattle isn't underrated. It's pretty famous. But I think mile high should get that same level of uh, – of recognition too because it is a tough stadium to play and it's cold up there the air is thin uh, and the Broncos fans are pretty uh, legit serious about football up there so it is always a tough environment to come and play in especially right now um, when the Broncos are able to just run the ball down your throat with two headed back and Melvin Gordon and uh, Javonta Williams who is absolutely just a monster he has a bright future in this league we all love him on this podcast and the Bengals will certainly have their hands full uh, with both of them this weekend. It's just that, you know, where the Broncos struggle, I think, is just at their quarterback. They're just not 
flashy or do anything special. It doesn't push the ball downfield enough. And obviously they've been a carousel at wide receiver this year too with, with health um, problems. And so you just don't know what you're going to get with, with the Broncos some weeks. But at home, they're pretty solid. But I still think that the Bengals uh, can get this done after some heartbreaking losses this season. I like Joe B. And I'm going to go with the Bengals in this one. Bengals it is. Uh, Keith, are you going to be on the Bengals or the Broncos? I think I am going to lean lean with the Bengals. I think they pulled out in a close one. Um, where are you at with this? Yeah, I'm going to go the other way. I feel like the strength of the Bengals is their pass game, and I feel like the strength of the Broncos is their secondary. So I, like that. I feel like it's a really good matchup. It's strength on strength. Um, I love the fact that the that Denver can run the football whenever they feel like it, and I feel like that is a, a weakness of Cincinnati. So um, just going off of defense, home field advantage is obviously huge for Denver. Um, I, I just I, I like that defense going against Joe Burrow. He's really good, but I also feel like he's kind of prone to mistakes uh, when it matters. Um, yeah. So just, just for those reasons, I'm going to have to go with Denver here. I, I don't love Teddy B. He's not exactly going to light up the scoreboard or anything like that. Great. Um, yeah, I just I, I like that run game that Denver has going on, that one-two punch, although Javante kind of showed up on the injury report today with a knee. Um, Melvin Gordon looked really good last week. You know, Big Fangio's favorite fucking guy. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just I think they can do enough on offense, but I think more importantly, it's it's their defense against that Cincy offense that I like the most. So, um, for those reasons, I'm going to go ahead and go and uh, take the Broncos. I can, I mean, I can totally see that, and I think I'm going to flip my pick. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to flip my pick on that one. Um, but yeah, I can see that see that uh, see that narrative with that game. I mean, it, it is somewhat of a coin flip. I just want to see the Bengals pull it out, just because I like that team on offense so much. You know, they've got a lot of fun pieces. I want to see them in the playoffs, not the Broncos. Don't fuck the Broncos; they're not fun. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens there. This this next one is. I can't believe this actually has playoff impl- implications. It's kind of weird that the six and seven Atlanta Falcons traveling to the seven and six San Francisco 49ers is actually somewhat of a play. Like I mean, the Cardinal or the Falcons could actually still be alive in the playoffs if they get a win here. I don't really see it happening, and I don't think Vegas sees it happening because the Niners are favored by nine. Um, I think last week we actually saw the Niners playing the way that we expected the Niners to play all year. And Drew, I mean, you know, they, they're playing San Francisco 49ers football and running the ball. They, they really are. And they've been kind of inching towards this momentum that they're building over the past, you know, three or four weeks. And they've been putting wins together, stringing them up. And I've been picking them, and it seems to be paying off here lately. And I certainly like them against the Falcons this week who I just struggle to see how they're going to score points. Um, I just think that San Francisco are hitting on all cylinders, especially my boy George Kittle. Shout out to him. Thank you for the 28 points last week. Love <laughs> yeah, you, bro. He's been, and he's been so, ridiculous. And, you know, and that offense is a totally different offense, too, when Debo is in there. Debo is a special talent, and he gets things moving, and Jimmy G gets the pressure put off of him when, when Debo's in there because he just – it has so much talent around him. And then with uh, Shanahan, just being able to coach and be a good coach and, and do what's what's best for his offense with the players that he's got, 
uh, and, and do so smartly. Yeah, so they're just starting to throw these wins together and string them up, and uh, it's just been really good to see San Francisco play the kind of ball that uh, we thought they could coming into this season, because if you guys remember, we had them kind of high in our playoff spots because we just think that they're a good team, and lately they, uh, they've they been doing all the right things. George Kittle's been getting hot. Debo's getting hot. And uh, with all that going, uh, going for them and the defense turning on, I just don't see where the points are going to come from Atlanta, and I don't see how Atlanta can, can pull this out. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think I have to agree with you on that. And, Keith, I mean, you were on the Niners early on. You you know, you had this team as a Super Bowl pick. Uh, what are your thoughts with the way they're looking uh, the past couple of weeks? I feel like they're playing Kyle Shanahan football. I mean, yeah. running the football, they're kind of protecting Jimmy G a little bit. I <laughs> All the running of the football, I don't think we thought it would come from Debo Samuel. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a little but, weird. Uh, they've had so many injuries in the backfield that he's kind of he's he's playing good there. And it's funny because these two teams matching up. We got Debo versus Cordero Patterson, <laughs> kind of the same guy. Yeah. Uh, little uh, Swiss Army knife for both offenses. So um, I, I think obviously the the 49ers are the better football team here. Atlanta's had some some nice moments, but they're just a team that we can't trust. And I think the 49ers' defense is a lot better. And somehow I trust Jimmy G more than uh, Matt Ryan to avoid the big mistakes. So um, I, I I just think the 49ers overall are better better football team. They're better coached. Uh, I like what they're doing right now. Um, whoever's playing a running back for them, they're going to get a lot of touches. You better have them in your fantasy lineups. So we're all on the 49ers, and we're starting the running backs in fantasy. I hope that uh, I hope they can get it done and just take care of business against the Falcons and put them out of their misery. Just just end their season at this point because we don't need to see see the Falcons playing meaningful games here in December. Um, speaking of teams that need to be put out of their misery, the Seattle Seahawks five and eight travel into the L.A. Rams, who are nine and four. The Rams are favored by four and a half. The Seahawks kept their slim, slim, slim playoff hopes alive last week by getting a win against the Texans, and it started off not that easy. It took them a little while to get going. Um, I think that they finally get put out of their misery this week. You know, I, I think the Rams may have figured out uh, figured out the offense and Keith. I think that I think that Matt Stafford could be going in the right direction. Yeah, all it took was Darrell Henderson to get hurt. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like everything changed after he got hurt. Uh, they went heavy offense. They, they went big personnel as far as uh, on the front line there. And Sonny Michelle running the football and kind of protecting Matt Stafford has kind of been a little bit of a blessing for that offense. And I think a big thing that we saw on Monday night was Aaron Donald. He came to play. Like he yeah. is so disruptive when he's ready to go. And it, it's a, something that we haven't seen all season long out of that defense. I've been waiting for them to kind of wake up a little bit. And yep. they looked really, really good against Arizona. Yeah, they, they definitely did. Um, and the Seahawks drew. I mean, it took them a little while to get going against the Texans. And I don't think that Russell Wilson's going to be able to get a win in L.A. Yeah, it, it was kind of surprising. I thought Seattle would have a, an easy win last week, but they did struggle in that first half, and it uh, finally got the doors blown open a little bit and took care of business. But Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, um, Tyler Lockett is a special player, man. He is a sneaky, sneaky, sneaky good. But I think 
uh, going against this Rams defense is, is another story. It's funny, though, that the line is only four um, or four and a half or whatever. It seems really low to me, to be honest with you. It almost smells fishy after what the Rams just did to what would some argue the best team in all football is, and that's the Cardinals. So I am curious to figure out why the, the, the spread is so low. Now, I know um, Odell is out with uh, COVID, but I don't think um, – you know anybody from Seattle is, and Rashad Pen- uh, Penny um, is really stepping up for Seattle lately too. Uh, he's yeah. a good fantasy pickup if you guys are really desperate for a back in your playoffs. He uh, he's out there. I would, I would scoop him up because he seems to be getting a lot of touches. But you're right. You got I just Russell Wilson as of late hasn't been really Russell Wilson ever since the finger injury. He just hasn't been real that that special. He's getting wins. Obviously, with with the Texans last week, but it's nothing where you're like, oh man, Russell is in full form. So I don't like him going into this game. I I saw some uh, YouTubers post that um, they think Seattle's going to win this game. I just don't see how. I, I really don't. I mean, yeah. Van Jefferson beating everybody over the top. Cooper Cup is the best wide receiver in all football this year. Stafford is playing well. They're coming off a very confident win against one of the best teams in football. So I, I'm not sure where the spread's coming from. Yeah, I feel like just midweek with all this COVID stuff, that's that's got to be playing some part of it. Keith, you you've been down on the Seahawks all year. There's no way you're backing them here, right? No, it's pretty tough to back them. I mean, they struggled against the Texans. I think this is a whole different animal going against the Rams. Yep. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I think Russ is getting better here. I think he's getting a little bit more healthy. But at the same time, he's going to need a lot more than what they've been doing to, to beat the Rams here. And all season long, I think the defense of Seattle has been pretty suspect. And yep. I think this is a game where the Rams offense can really get going, especially if if they get to go run the football with Sony Michelle with that big personnel up against the Seattle defense, I, I think they're going to find a lot of success. So I think it's pretty easy here to pick the Rams. Yeah. I, I mean, I think all being on the Rams, I feel pretty comfortable with that. I think that's a pretty bankable uh, W for us. Um, going into this next game at 425, this is probably in the America's Game of the Week uh, section for Fox. Uh, the 10-3 and three. Uh, Green Bay Packers travel the eight and five Baltimore Ravens. The Packers are favored by five and a half on the road. Baltimore's a tough place to play. They come out and they they battle for their home field. Um, you know, however, they do have uh, you know Lamar Jackson dealing with an ankle. So you know, who knows what you're going to get out of him? And on top of the fact that this team has been super duper up and down, like crazy up and down, and um, you know. That that's also an interesting factor here. The Packers have been one of the more consistent teams as far as just being able to trust them all year. And, and Drew, you know, Aaron Rodgers has been playing pretty decently all year. And you know, Aaron Rodgers, you can trust him unless you're, he's telling you about his vaccine. Yeah, that's very true. He's been playing really, really good football this year, and the Packers are certainly on a on a on a tear as of lately. Certainly. Uh, the number one seed right now in the a- in the NFC, and I don't think they're prepared to lose that anytime soon. They think I know they know it's important um, to play in Lambeau Field. It's a tough place to play, and they definitely want that for uh, for the playoffs here. So they're they're rolling. Um, they didn't have Cobb last week, uh, and I think you know that hurt as they kind of struggled to get going. Their special teams unit 
uh, really needs to get better this week. But uh, I think they can they can easily do this. I Baltimore, unfortunately, I don't see how they can put up points. And that's what you need to do against Aaron Rodgers, who's been putting up a lot of points as of lately. And they're doing it all kinds of ways, where they're throwing the ball to Aaron Jones out of the backfield or uh, Dylan running it up the gut and just steamrolling players. And then, obviously, Devontae Adams um, just being with the best receiver in all football and doing his thing. So, yeah, the Green Bay Packers are playing really, really good football team, uh, really good football. They're a hottest team right now, and I would not pick against them. That would be a stupid thing to do, I think. Yeah, I mean, just with, with the way Baltimore's been playing, Keith, I mean, they're not a trustworthy football team. No, I think that all starts with the quarterback position. I think yeah. Lamar has had a really, really tough season so far. I mean, he had COVID earlier on, uh, kind of had a little bit of an injury, and then he was dealing with some mysterious illness. Like, just always something kind of going on with Lamar, and obviously everything starts with him. So um, with him... He kind of suffered that injury last week with the ankle. Um, I don't think he's been practicing so far this week. He probably won't practice the rest of the week. Um, I've said it on here before. I don't think he's the type of quarterback that can miss all that practice time and then come out and perform at a high level. So um, I think we saw a little bit of a spark when Huntley came in last week because, you know, nothing was going on for that offense until he came in. Yeah. And, you know, that – the defense has been pretty good at stopping the run so far, but they're very susceptible on the back end. They just have a lot of injuries going on. Um, so I, I think those are some of the things that we need to watch going into this game for sure. Yeah, it, it's definitely going to be something to watch. Um, I, I, I think that, I, I mean, I, is it safe to say that we're all in the, all in the pack? Keith, are you going to go with the Packers here? so tough to go against Aaron Rodgers right now the way yeah. that he's been looking I, I just he, he's <laughs> he is the MVP every year I feel like without being the MVP I mean yeah. you take him off of the Packers team what the hell are they they're they're, um, that, they're bottom of the wrong football team they're they're nothing so yeah um, I, I feel like he made two throws in that game against the Bears that there is nobody in the league maybe ever that could make and he yeah. made two of them in one game. Yep. He, he can literally put this team on his back. I think I think the, the chemistry between him and Matt LaFleur is only getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's getting more comfortable uh, working with him. They just have everything working so far, at least on offense. And, and that defense is outperforming what everybody expected. So I, I think between that and the struggles that we've seen with Baltimore, um, I think it's pretty tough to pick against Aaron Rodgers in that kind of situation. Yeah, and Drew, you're on you're on Green Bay. Yeah, I think it's an easy pick too. I really don't think you need to pay it any money. Baltimore Ravens are decimated on defense, and Lamar Jackson is now hurt. And even if he wasn't hurt, they're not putting up points. You need to put up points against Green Bay. So yeah. I just don't see even with him healthy how they do it and. I think this is an easy pick. Yeah, you know, the only thing is just like, you know, Ravens, at at the Ravens is the only thing that scares me just because I feel like they do have, you know, they are very tough to put away at home. But, you know, the trustworthiness of the Packers, I think, is what ultimately leads me to them. So we will, um, that will be a fun game, though. I I think that uh, it'll be fun fun to watch that one. All right, we're going to take a short break, and we'll come back with the primetime games, including Saints and Bucks, right after this.
Sunday night, the uh, six and seven New Orleans Saints come into the ten and three Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucks are favored by eleven points, um, but the Saints are the one team that have been beating Tom Brady on the Buccaneers. Um, he has not been able to beat them in a Bucks uniform. Um, it's it's given, you know. I mean, they've given him fits, um, and the Bucks are in a situation right now where they can't they can't lose any games. Again, they're fighting for for a one seed, so they have to keep their foot on the uh, pedal. Drew, do you? I mean, they they got the win last week, and now do you think they can continue to keep it rolling even against this team that's been their bugaboo? It certainly has been their bugaboo, hasn't it? It's really strange because the Saints from a on paper standpoint and then matching them with the Bucks, you think how in the hell do they even match up together they don't but that yeah. seems to be the case but Mr. Thomas uh, Edward Patrick Brady seems to beat the Saints when it matters um, yep. so and that's the playoffs and now they're coming to uh, you know Raymond Stadium here and the Bucks are undefeated this year at home uh, so it's a huge advantage uh, I, I believe and I just I know the Saints got the best of them earlier in the year, and they certainly got the best of them last uh, last year in both games. But I don't see them pulling up the upset here. I, I just think that Tom Brady is on a, on a tear for the MVPs, trying to keep up with Aaron Rodgers now. And I think they're going to keep the pedal on the metal. And Leonard Fournette is running the ball very well right now. And they seem to just be playing as a really good offensive unit. Godwin's getting an ungodly amount of targets. And Evans is coming up huge when he needs to. And obviously Gronk uh, is just being Gronk all the time. He, when he's healthy, Tom Brady and his Bucks roll when they put up a lot of points. So I think they will put up a lot of points in this game. I don't fear it. Yeah, I don't think uh, Taysom Hill can. I mean, Taysom Hill versus Tom Brady. Keith, I know you're not huge on Taysom Hill, but do you, would you back him against Tom Brady? It's super hard. I love him in fantasy, but I mean, <laughs> even even in this game with the front seven that the the Bucks have, it's just super hard to be confident about him even in fantasy, uh, especially in you know just he's going to struggle, no doubt. I think that defense is way too good. Um, I don't think the Saints have enough on offense. Obviously, they leaned on the rushing ability of uh, Taysom Hill last week, and they 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 leaned on Alvin Kamara. But you know, I just I just don't think it's going to be enough to keep up with Tom Brady and all all of his uh, posse there, especially in Tampa Bay. Yeah, the, the being in Tampa Bay, I, I you know I don't think they're. I, I agree, Drew, that it's not something to be afraid of, just because. I think Brady's on a mission, you know, and hopefully he takes care of business against the Saints. And this isn't—I I mean, if this is a this is a blowout, you know, the Sunday night ends in a in a you know whimper compared to the Thursday and Saturday games. Um, hopefully, this is just a blowout for the Bucks and they can take care of business. Um, I'm going to be on the Bucks, um, so I believe we're a clean sweep on them. Do you, do you like them covering 11 points, Drew? Oh yeah, I do. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I do. I just think they're just rolling right now, and I don't think they're going to show any team any mercy. And I think they are building that momentum towards the playoffs, and the defense is starting to come alive a little bit, especially the front. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, and then finally, Monday night, the 6-7 and seven Minnesota Vikings travel to 4-9 and nine, 
dead Chicago Bears. Uh, this game's a really shitty Monday nighter, in my opinion. I mean, you know, the Vikings got to get a win uh, in Chicago. It may be kind of a close divisional game. The Vikings are favored by three and a half. Um, you know, I mean, Drew, you've really been excited about the Vikings of late. Um, and man, oh man, like, what do you, do you do? You think this team can make the playoffs? Oh man, I don't know. They're so wishy-washy, but I do know that Justin Jefferson is an amazing talent, and um, when he's playing, you always seem to have a chance. And Kirk Cousins hasn't been playing awful. He hasn't had any games that's just been so dreadful where you're just like, oh, there's Kirk Cousins. He's been pretty solid, pretty um, consistent but still sometimes not enough. Um, I think, though, this weekend it will be enough because they play the Chicago Bears. Um, I'm not sold on the Chicago in any form, but I love Dalvin Cook, and I think um, I think they can do enough here. But, you know, what I really love in this game is the under, which I think is at 44. 44, um, yeah. I would, I would love the under. It's at Soldier Field, tough place to play, division opponents, I don't see a whole lot of offense being generated here, and uh, I think that, above all, is what I'm confident in. Yeah, the one thing I kind of look at this, Keith, from a fantasy perspective, do you like Justin Fields against the poorest Vikings secondary? I do, man, and I I disagree with the fact that this is going to go under. I don't know if the Vikings have hit an under all year long. The way that team's playing, like, they just, they can't, help themselves with being a close game so the score just kind of rings itself up so I think Justin Fields has a good opportunity to score a lot of fantasy points this week he did a good job against the Packers um, they, they were in that game most of the time well at least up until halftime um, they yeah. were really in that game I don't understand why they decide to not use Mooney they decide not to use Allen Robinson Jakeem mm-hmm. Grant is their fucking playmaker for some reason uh, I don't like that, but uh, they've got a lot of good pieces on offense. They just decide not to use them. I feel like there was a good game plan going into that game. A lot of things kind of went their way in that first half against Green Bay, but I, I just didn't go their way. And, and obviously Green Bay is just a better football team, so they ended up pulling away in the end. Yeah, I mean, I, they do. Ha- they show flashes. That's the thing about them that is interesting. Soldier Field is, it, you know, on a Monday night, it's going to be really chilly. Um, I, I think I'm going to go with the Bears. I like the Bears in a little bit of an upset here. Um, I think the Vikings are just, they're the type of team that they're, they love to fuck their fan base over, and this seems like a good one just to fucking punt their fans right in the right square in the balls. So I, I'm going Bears. Um, Drew, are you on the Bears, or do you like the Vikes? I'm going to go with the Bears and, and try to build off of what they showed me in that first half last year. And they're at home at Soldier Field. It's a really tough place to play. The Vikings are used to playing in a in a dome. It's cold this time of year. I, I'm i going to go with a little bit of magic from Grant and hopefully that they get some, uh, some Darnell Mooney and Robinson involved in this game and get the W. Keith, clean sweep on the Bears or are you going Vikes? quite the hiccup with you guys both going with the Bears here. Um, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I, that throws me off a little bit. I, I feel like the Vikings are the pick here. I, I feel like they're more explosive on offense. I feel like they're a team that needs it the most. Um, I don't feel like the Bears are going to come out and fight for Nagy. Like, why would they do that at this point? Um, 
I know it's it's going to be tough on the road in Soldier Field and all that good stuff, but I just I feel like the Vikings are the better team here. I just for me the way I'm looking at it is the Vikings secondary. Uh, the way Big Ben looked against them in the second half last week, he threw all over them, and this has washed up Big Ben. Um, I, I don't know. That's where I just see I see Justin Fields throwing all over, like being able to do things against this defense. That, that's where I look at it. At. I don't know. I don't see Justin Fields throwing all over the place on anybody so far from <laughs> what we've seen. Uh, just me. Uh, I don't know, but the, he has the weapons to do so. I feel like this offense has all the pieces that they need. Uh, I just we just haven't seen it yet this, uh, so far this year. You'll see it this week against the Vikings defense. You watch. All right. Um, so we have covered a lot. <laughs> there are no teams on buys. We weren't able to do our typical, uh, you know, uh, breakdown pod on Monday. So this has been a combination. We appreciate anyone who's still listening at this point. Make sure to check out our social. Um, and we hope everybody has a great weekend. Um, we're going to be back on Monday night make, making our uh, breakdowns of week 15 and next Thursday night for um, our week 16 picks before Christmas Eve. So make sure to check us out then. Um, we hope you have a great weekend. We hope your team wins unless they're playing ours. Peace. Thanks for listening to the First and 30 Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe and give us a five-star review. And share the episode with your friends. We appreciate everybody taking the time to listen. 